Hey everyone, welcome to 10 Movies, where every season we focus on one actor through 10 of their most iconic films. This season, we've decided to dive into the cinematic catalog of a Mr. Tom Cruise, the last great American movie star. I'm Hemel Javeri, and with me is my wonderful co-host and friend, Brian Minter. What a delight it is to be back in the podcasting studio with you, Hemel, talking about one of the most iconic cinematic works of all time, Top Gun. So many airplanes. There's a lot of airplanes in this movie. (laughs) This episode, we're going deep on an absolute classic, the summer blockbuster by which all other summer blockbusters should be measured, 1986's Top Gun. I feel the need... The need for speed. Ow! You want answers! I want the truth! Mission accomplished! Show me the money! Hamill, before we get into this episode of the 10 Movies Podcast, uh, can you explain a little bit to our listeners why we chose Tom Cruise as the subject of this season? I mean, I think the better question is, why not Tom Cruise? (laughs) Why has it taken us so many seasons to get to Tom Cruise? Uh, There's a lot. One, my personal opinion about Tom Cruise is that he is very definitively an American movie star. Because of his big mouth. Because of his giant, wonderful American (laughs) smile. The teeth on that man. He's he's the definitive American movie star, and I think looking at all of his incredible action films is going to actually tell us something about, oh God, I hate to say it, but America. Uh, Well, you know, on the 10 Movies podcast, it's actually rather difficult to find a good subject because uh, it has to be someone with a large body of work. Uh, It can't be like a character actor, right? Because what we'd like to do is really watch 10 movies from a particular actor and then think about how their persona and what they bring to these movies, that's our through line for all all the episodes. We don't just review the movies. So it can't be a character actor. It has to be a lead actor. It has to be someone with a lot to pull from. At Tom Cruise, uh, as you will recall, we had a list. We had to trim down to get to just 10 iconic movies because the man's made like 50 movies, people know. And they're all hits. They're all hits. Yeah, he's, you know, say what you will about him. He's, he puts out some bangers. But he is a strange man. Yeah, and I think, Brian, you brought this up when we were talking about Tom Cruise, discussing this idea. Your hypothesis is that he is uncancelable. Uncancelable. Please tell me more, <laughs> because right now I could list a long reasons why we wouldn't want to do Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, Cruise. All, all kinds of odd things from the man's past, his personal life, the Scientology, the, the wives, the, you know, you name it. And, and the I, jumping up and down on the sofa. I do not wish to be sued or thrown into a crate <laughs> by the Sea Org, so I will not uh, tarry long on the Scientology bits. But if Tom Cruise was going to be canceled, it would have happened by now. There's nothing the man can do at this point that will make people turn on him. Yeah, like I said earlier that, you know, you're going to open up his fridge and find, like, baby placenta. And doesn't matter. Doesn't that's matter. Tom Cruise. He's, he's so weird. Anyway, let's go see Mission Impossible 9. I do think, though, that with Tom Cruise in particular, he's such a movie star that whatever he does in his personal life, everybody has just decided that he gets a pass. Yeah, that's what this guy does, and we go see all his movies. Yes, Anything that he has does, he gets a pass. We still don't care because he is willing to climb up to the top of the Bruce Khalifa, and that is what we want to see. <laughs> we want to see the spectacle. But I think here, in a, in a way, you can actually separate the art from the artist. We understand that he is kind of crazy, probably has done lots of horrible, questionable things. Yet allegedly, we still, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, but still, we will go see his films. 
Should we turn our attentions now to the movie Top Gun? I would love to. What What was the uh, What did you think? What was the story of the movie Top Gun for those who have not recently seen it? Well, let me tell you something about Top Gun. 1986's Top Gun, directed by Tony Scott. It's no plot, just vibes. Yeah, I think that I think that's <laughs> I think that's quite true. There's a lot of um, well. So what what are the broad contours? What are the vibes? So okay, first of plot? all, so top. I mean, if you haven't seen Top Gun, I I don't know what to tell you. I feel like you should be watching Top Gun right now instead well, of no, listening no, no, no. to Do this. Young people have they seen Top Gun? Like we saw it every it. Sunday uh, and on TBS. But. We did, but so Top Gun, remarkably simple film, right? The plot or the bare bones of the story is that there is a pilot played by Tom Cruise. His name is Pete Maverick Mitchell, who has been accepted along with his flight partner to go to flight school called Top Gun. Top Gun, the best of the best. In Miramar, California. And the entire plot is that he basically just has to pass five weeks of flight school. Are you a strong-jawed, <laughs> confident white man? If so, you might be right for Top Gun. Also, they're naval aviators, okay? They're not pilots. They're naval aviators. I've never really understood why. So we have the Air Force. Yeah. And they're in charge of the planes. Yeah. But the Navy has its own planes, and they seem to be the plane people that everyone cares about. I am not in the military. I don't know why that is. But these are planes that take off from the ocean. So they're... Is that it? Yeah. They're naval aviators. If you're an Air Force officer, (laughs) I imagine you've got a bone to pick with uh, America's love affair with naval aviators. Call in, tweet at us, explain this situation to us. But getting back to the plot, right? Do the the Marines and the Army have planes? We should know these things about our military. They do. Like, there's an Air Force... No, but like there's the Air Force and they right. have planes. The Navy has planes. Do the Army and the Marine have planes? They have I, helicopters. No, they have planes, but they don't have like fighter planes. These are fighter jets, right? right? These aren't actual just planes that are ferrying people back and forth. These are combat fighter jets. F-14 Tomcats. The yes. best of the best. The top gun, if you will. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad we've cleared that oh, up. Oh, we derailed a bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> we cleared that up. But the plot here really is... Incredibly simple. They go right? to plane school. They're they're going to a school for five weeks, and all he has to do is not screw up for five weeks and win a couple of uh, dog fights. They call them in the air, like training exercises, and see if he can like graduate at the top of his class. That's the story. <laughs> well, Goose dies. <laughs> Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Top Gun. No, no, no. I'm just right now, I'm not talking about specific plot points. I'm talking about the storytelling structure of the film, which I think is so different from anything else you see now, because there isn't this like incredibly intricate or complicated plot that's laid out. It's just, here's Maverick. He's super hot. He is in flight school with all these other dudes who are also super the best, hot. They're all the best of the best. Best of the best. He's going to try to make out with this lady, and he's going to succeed. And then his he has a little bit of humility when his best friend dies. That's it. There's no The stakes are so low here. There's no stakes whatsoever in this movie. What? Well, so I think you're right about no plot, just vibes. Because one thing I like, yeah, it is very different from modern storytelling. And it's much more economical. Like, this movie's like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. If they made this movie today, it would be three hours, two and a half. An hour, 45 minutes, five minutes at least devoted to shirtless volleyball playing. Oh, 10. 10 <laughs> to 15. But one of the things that they do a lot is they they won't actually dramatize anything. Like, there's one point where Tom Cruise says to Goose, his his buddies, when he's like, you're the only family I've got. Yeah. Which is a huge point of this character. They don't show us why that is. There's no backstory. They, it just he says that and it's fine. Or Tom Skerritt plays this admiral, who's kind of this mentor father figure. And at the end, he's like, yeah. you know, Tom Cruise, your father didn't die in vain. He died saving us all from the Nazis. <laughs> 
It's it's like a minute and it just goes by and that's it. It's almost like the movie is just gesturing, like, yeah. hey, you guys know this kind of stuff. Yeah. This is this you you've seen this in other movies before. Let's not dwell on it. Let's just get to the planes. Right. Like there's a very they know what you want to see. You came to see fighter jets. You did but not I kind of appreciate that. Yes. I don't like getting all bogged down and you no. know. Yeah. One thing I feel like a lot of films have recently is that every character has to have like a traumatic plot line. Like they have to have suffered some kind of horrible trauma. And then the movie will go to great lengths to dramatize that trauma. This one, it's basically just hinted at, right? Like, you know that Pete Mitchell has a dad who probably died under shady circumstances. Yeah, some shit happened to him at some point. Exactly, yeah. some shit happened to him. You've he's, seen other movies, you get it. He And he's a little, like, he's a little bit of a loose cannon, but okay, that's all movie stars, right? All action film stars are supposed to be loose cannons. And you get, like, three lines. One is like, oh, my dad died when I was young, and he's kind of a screw-up oh, Goose, you're my only family. And then Tom Skerritt being like, your dad died saving us in Vietnam. That's it. That's yeah. all you need. That's all you need. Like, I'm surprised that Maverick came to the Academy knowing what I know about his checkered past. And that's it. Yeah, you don't see it. They don't talk about it. The other thing that I think worked so well in this film, and we go back to economical storytelling, is Goose's character, Goose's character. Every line he has in this char- in this film is a rebuttal to Maverick basically right like he's kind of the comic relief he's really sensible there's not a lot of like depth or probing in the character and spoiler alert Meg Ryan comes on and his wife right yes Meg Ryan charming even in this little tiny role you can see that Meg Ryan charm coming through she has like three lines and they have one scene together as a family basically and you know everything you need to know about this family so that like when Goose does die devastating yeah yeah i think that and it's like it's completely self-contained story they're not setting you up for a franchise it's not you know yeah you get the whole arc of the character a main character dies and there's a resolution the movie's over did you like the film oh i will say i'm 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 not trying to like date myself you can't not like it i will say that 11 year old me absolutely was obsessed with tom cruise watched it at least once a week like you said (laughs) and as a older adult loved it loved Ab- it huh loved it absolutely loved it it's a yeah it's a fun movie to watch i think it's it's a lot better than modern action films in many ways it's not a like every scene with the humans talking is terrible with, with the exception <laughs> of maybe the goose scenes that you alluded to some of those are, are well done and, and and strongly sketched but yeah that's like uh we can talk about we talk about kelly mcgillis's work here but like <laughs> the romance is flat and all the oh whoa bro. you like the romance whoa. I was actually going to say that Tom Cruise or Top Gun is known as like an action film, but there is a very serviceable romantic movie here because ne- like the the entire middle chunk is all romance. So uh, Kelly McGillis plays his uh, his uh, his love interest. She's a she's a professor, or she's like a civilian expert. It's not a you know she's not a professor. Yeah, she that's is, not a real school. She is it's a, just like professional development okay, class. Basically. Let me talk. She is a civilian defense contractor who knows all about Russian MiGs, and she is there to tell them about Russian MiGs. But one person knows more than she does about the Russian oh, MiGs. Oh, God, yes, of course. Uh, Kelly McGillis plays Charlotte Charlie, that's her call sign, Blackwood, Tom Cruise as Lieutenant Pete Maverick and you like the two of them together? You thought there was some... 
some heat there. Let me run through this cast oh, first. Okay, okay, sure, Let sure. me run through the cast first, and then I will talk about the storyline that I was actually surprised worked. Yes, there's also Val Kilmer as Tom Iceman Kaczynski. Iceman. Love Val Kilmer in this. He's great. <laughs> He's great. His jaw is so good in this and movie. There's one scene where he, like, he chomps his teeth. It's so <laughs> weird. It's, it's so uh, you have to rewind. Like, what did he do? Why did he do that? It's a gif. It should be a gif. Uh, Anthony Edwards of ER fame as Goose. And may I say, the emotional center of the film. Anthony uh, Edwards' is Absolutely. Goose. Absolutely. Uh, there is also Tom Skerritt, as you said earlier, Mike Viper Metcalf. He's the... Gruff you know, mentor, mustache-having yeah, admiral guy. Yeah, he runs Top Gun. He runs the flight school. Let's see who else. There are so many little um, like cameos. Meg Ryan as Goose's wife. Meg Ryan as Goose's wife. Adrian Pastar as one of the background pilots. Okay, don't know who that is. Don't oh. remember which guy that is. He was married to a Dixie chick, but he was also in Heroes for a long time. All right, well, now, we're, now I feel like we're scraping the bottom <laughs> no, of the actor no, no. barrel here. Uh, no, no. Tim Robbins is in oh, this yeah. film. Tim, I'm sorry, I'll watch this with my wife, Wendy. And I was like, that's Tim Robbins. She's like, no, it's not. Tim Robbins wouldn't be like a minor walk-on pilot in an airplane movie. You yeah, totally him. him. You don't see him until like the very last like scene in the film where you can finally clearly see his face. Like, yeah, they make, uh, yeah, after Goose dies, they make Tom Robbins be Tom Cruise's wingman for yeah. the, last, the last scene. Anyway, Tom uh, Tim Robbins plays Sam Merlin Wells. What did I say? Did I say Tom Robbins? That's not right. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Tom Skerritt. Uh, but that is the cast. So the romance. The romance. So, yeah, Kelly McGillis is, is uh, and she's a bit older than him. Not only is the actress older than him, I feel like the character is supposed to be older and, like, significantly more, like, mature than him. I think so, too, because when I saw this film, I was like, this feels a little weird because <laughs> she's much older than him. He yeah, feels- there's not, like, a power imbalance, but... They're very different people. Yeah, they're very different people. She's like a homeowner and has this fancy defense job, and he's basically just a Navy grunt. Yeah, he's like a 24-year-old, the hotshot, dumbass kid, and she's mm-hmm. like a you know 32-year-old professional woman. Yeah. But why does she like him, right? He's he's insufferable. She's, uh, you know, she's if she was like 18, I get it, right? Oh, he's a pilot and he's got the leather jacket and he's so cool. But why does this woman of she, all this bearing into this guy, this, you know? I, I do. So I did think it was a good story. I'm not going to say it was a believable storyline, but I did think that they had some kind of chemistry. I don't know. I mean, it's not the best chemistry that I've seen, but she, I think she likes them because one, he's a good fighter pilot. Why does she? I mean, okay, maybe. Yeah, but you don't date someone because they're good at their job. No, but he's handsome. He's got that smile. It's that extreme confidence. Uh, He's good looking. So the confidence of the character, I feel like, is is constant. Like, yeah, every scene is constructed to make us realize how confident this guy is. Uh, so once, so there's a rather famous, iconic scene, the volleyball scene. All the all the boys are playing shirtless, and we can return to that. We uh, will. But he le- he's got a date. He asks this lady for yeah. a date. She's like, no, I can't date you. You're a young, hotshot rookie, and I'm a serious lady. But he, he wears her down, and she's like, fine, I'll go. Come to my house at 6 p.m., and we'll have a date. 
five thirty. Five thirty. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah. So whatever it is, he he misses because he's playing volleyball and he checks his watch. Like, oh shit, I'm late for this date that I wanted. He pulls his like shirt onto his like dirty, sweaty body, gets on his fucking motorcycle, drives down like a dry highway, and then asks her if she can take a shower. Comes to her house late <laughs> and says, "I need to take a shower because I'm all sweaty because I didn't give enough of a shit to be on time or even get ready for our date." I and think- instead of throwing him out. <laughs> She's like, oh my God, Maverick, you're the one for me. What the hell? I think you are applying a 2022 lens. She even calls him Maverick. A 2022 <laughs> lens to 1986. That was not that long ago, though. It, I mean, it's longer ago than you think. But I, but this is how far we've come, right? Where I think in 1986, <laughs> it was just accepted and this is the kind of like movie stars that we were being served and action heroes that we were being served where they cared about getting the lady but they didn't care so much about getting the lady that they were gonna like make any changes to who they were and that was supposed to be even sexier yeah we're not supposed to watch it and be like oh he's a dick but she likes me we're supposed to watch it yeah. and be like that guy's awesome yeah you're supposed to watch it and you're supposed to be like oh my god oh my he's god. so he's cool he's and sweaty and he's taking a shower at her house but also, that's so strange. Who shows up to a date and takes a shower? I don't a know. A first date, of all things. So weird. So absolutely weird. Um, we? But we're talking about the romance. And, like, I don't know. I actually thought it was a pretty good secondary romance as far as that goes. So uh, the thing we talked about earlier, where the movie is very, like, it's just sort of like, it's vibing. It's just hinting at plot points. Like, yeah. you know what? You guys have seen movies. We don't have to go into it. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. Which I think actually works for a lot of it, because we're just here for the plane fights. But then the romance is so lightly sketched that I'm like, she, at one point she's like, I'm afraid to let the world know that I've fallen for you, Maverick. <laughs> I was like, but why? You've been on like two dates with him. He was a shithead on at least one of them. Don't, why are you falling for don't him? Don't apply rationale to this movie that has made the most important thing in Maverick's life being the best pilot at best top best. gun. Right? Like that's the whole crux of it is that he has to win all the dog fights because he wants to beat Iceman. By the way, let me I'm gonna switch away from the, the, the storyline. <laughs> yeah, let me switch away from this because we're talking about chemistry in this film. Yeah, if you're talking about and... human bodies connecting in a hot way, it's not <laughs> Kelly McGillis or Tom Cruise. But like, yeah, so so many times the heterosexual romance there is just like a meant as like a placeholder for like <laughs> to distract you from where the real what tension is. What we can't show you on screen, 1986 <laughs> viewers. If you're is looking, Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer. If you are looking for real chemistry, it's between Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise. If you Google Top Gun. Fo- fan fiction i am sure you're gonna see oh, much yeah. more <laughs> i hadn't thought of that till just now because i'm less perverse than you but god yeah i bet there's buckets of it out there sure it like, writes itself it's on the screen it writes itself <laughs> and of course like the emotional center of the film right like part of the climactic center of the film isn't when Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise reunite at the end, like that's just kind of like tacked on. It is when Iceman is like, I'll fly with you anytime. Like no, that. I'll be your wingman anytime. <laughs> right. And he says, no, I'll be yours. No, we screwed it up. No, Iceman says, you can be my wingman anytime. Yes. He says, no, you can be mine. And they hug. Yeah. yeah. That, you're absolutely, that is the emotional like denouement of the film. It has nothing to do with the lady. Exactly. It has nothing to do with the lady. Also, and this I thought was really subtle and good. Which is that when Goose dies, right? Like generally in these films, when like a main character dies or like somebody's husband dies or whatever, there is a lot more focus on like the wife and the kid. And in this one, 
all of the grieving scenes after Goose obviously are for Maverick because he was basically responsible for. Yeah, yeah the wife actually gets up and comforts yeah. Tom Cruise, like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that like my husband he, died, leaving you. Exactly. Sad. Like he is the one who actually <laughs> lost like a partner he here. Loved flying with you, Maverick, <laughs> main character of the movie." And he's the one who gets to keep the dog tags. Like, that's... And then he throws them in the ocean. <laughs> Goose had a kid. Why did you throw his dog tags in the ocean? Just to have a personal moment of closure. <laughs> the hell? I think the kid might have liked to have his dead father's dog tags that you threw in the ocean because you were having a moment about you. What I think I am getting here is that it's time for us to move on to the cruise factor. The cruise factor, you say? <laughs> Hemel, is this some exciting new segment on the 10 Movies podcast? Well, I think it's important for us to talk about Tom Cruise since we are devoting this entire season to him. Wait, um, wait. What if when the cruise factor segment comes on, there's like a cool sound effect of like a car driving away? I think it should just be the theme for Top Gun every single time. <laughs> I guess. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right. The cruise factor. Boyish charm. Can you rate his boyish charm in this film? Oh, quite high. Scale of 1 to 10? Is that standard what you're thinking? I think, yes, 1 to 10, maybe 11. It's got to be 8 or 9. It's His yeah. boyish charm is, uh, yeah, there's so, and like the movie is is really wallowing in it. Like there's so <laughs> many shots of him like grinning after having said something mildly clever. Yeah. Yeah, so I would say high. Very high. Boyish charm, and he knows he has the charm, right? It's not like he's oblivious to how hot yeah, he is. he's charming or... the lady. He's charming the other pilots. He's charming the people at the bar. Yeah. Also, Tom Cruise movies, he has to be handsome in every single one. Like, And that has to be like a key factor of his character, is that he's super hot. Is he hot, though? He's handsome. Classically handsome, certainly. He's yeah, he's like really hot. What are you talking about? Well, I don't know. I'll fine. I'll give it to you. I'm just you know he's yeah he's 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 objectively good looking, but okay. I I think that he his handsomeness like does a lot of work in this film, and it's supposed to do a lot of work in this film. It's the reason for his confidence. It's the reason Kelly McGillis falls for him. It's the reason everyone forgives him for being such an <laughs> asshole. Well, you're all an the asshole time. again, Maverick, but you're so charming and handsome. Uh, so yeah, I think it works. I'm going to say something that I think is mildly controversial. Yeah, let's have it. I think that Tom Cruise, in most of his movies, has terrible hair. Bad mm. hair. Scientology agents, if you're listening, I think Tom Cruise has terrific hair. I think he has really awful hair in this mm. film. Well, let's, I'm, I'm trying to... Yeah, it's, it's nondescript hair. It's yeah. navy hair. It's, Although I feel like it's a little... I feel like they all have slightly cooler hair than the navy would actually allow them to have. Well, yeah, but it's like weird, spiky, adolescent hair. Yeah. It's, was that just the style of the times, though? Or do you think they just made some bad hair choices? I think they made bad hair choices with him. I think Val Kilmer's hair, incredible. Nancy Edwards has that mustache. Nancy Edwards yeah. has a mustache. Bad hair. Oh, you know who we left off? Um, uh, well, uh, so every every cool pilot has a has a sidekick, like an official Navy sidekick. Yes. Tom Cruise has Goose. Yes. And Iceman has Slider. Yes. Played by, I want to say Rick Ross. No, it is played by Better Rick. Better cut this a little bit. It is Rick Rossovich. Ross, Rick Rossovich is what I meant to say. Rick Rossovich. Yeah, he's like a big, dumb galoot. Yes, he is Slider, a big, like, but he's perfect. Oh yeah, he's great. He's, he's like, great. A, he's a fun big dumb galoot. He's he's there to lift up his dude the entire time. Yeah, he's constantly doing like like schoolyard taunts to Maverick and Goose so that Iceman can always be cool and professional. Yeah, those people know their partnerships and their roles <laughs> so well. We should all be so lucky to have that kind of relationship with somebody in your life. Well, here, I don't know if we're done with the cruise factor, but I do. Oh, want well, to we talk have about one these. more thing. About oh, sure. The cruise. Yeah, let's do that. Then I want to come back to these sidekicks. Okay. Extreme confidence is the other thing that every single like 
that's part of the cruise factor. So this has got to be the Urtex, right? They they cranked it up as high as it would go, then they hit the knob with a yeah. hammer. They were just like, you can't tell me nothing because I'm Maverick. I'm Pete Mitchell. Yeah, he's yeah. Maverick. He's so confident. And the movie, like, we're never supposed to question it. We're supposed to always be like, whatever shithead thing he did, he was right to do yeah. it because he's so great. He's so confident. Yeah, he does all these, like, horrible flybys <laughs> that, you know, shake people's coffee or whatever. Oh, he buzzes the tower. Buzzes the tower. <laughs> but it's also, like, probably very dangerous. Yeah, juvenile and dangerous to, Extre- to fly your, like, $8 million fighter yeah. jet right past the uh, control tower. Extremely dangerous, but it's obviously but it's cool. cool. Yeah, you're supposed to... Th- yeah, he does a lot of stuff that I think is probably unsafe. And every time... Like, at one point, there's some kind of rule about you can't go below 10,000 feet for yeah. the safety of the Top Guns. And he does it, and they're like, Maverick, you shouldn't have done that. And his viewers just be like, yeah, he did it. Yeah, he broke that safety rule. <laughs> go to hell, you you stupid chief. So, yeah, whatever he does, yeah. that is, even if it's objectively wrong, we're supposed to applaud it. All right, let's talk about the sidekicks like you wanted. All right, so the, uh, and again, we'll have to rely on your knowledge of naval aviation. So each each fighter jet, they, they're the F-14s, right? The cool jet of the time. They have a pilot. They have a pilot. And the pilot is in charge of flying. He's in charge of communications. He's in charge of navigation. And he's in charge of weapons. Then there's a guy behind him. <laughs> I know where you're coming. Who I looked this up to understand what they the do. The real. The radar intercept officer. What are they? They don't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Every pilot is, has got his hands full at all times, and there's a guy in the back going, get him, Mav! Get him, Ice Man! They're just there for moral support. It's called, he's they a real. Do yeah, I don't know what the real does. Most of the time, the guy's just looking around behind yeah, him. He's like visually craning. <laughs> oh, shit, the bad guy plane is behind us, Mav! But don't, don't they have radar? Don't they have... I mean, maybe they didn't have, like, heads-up displays back then, but I never understood what these guys were doing. I don't know. And the movie makes it... So, you know, the aerial cinematography is terrific in the movie, but a good 80% of this movie, visually speaking, is inside a cockpit with two dudes yelling. You just see two <laughs> heads, and they give, they're give. they always taking their helmets off, which yeah. probably real Navy pilots don't do, but you wouldn't be able to tell who was who if they didn't. So their helmets are always off. Well, no, their they're little just, breathing things are off. Yeah, their and they've got like on. different you know stuff on their helmet, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, like so much, this key visual of the movie is two dudes in a cockpit, one of whom is incredibly busy, and one of whom is just like quipping <laughs> or shouting back to him. I mean, that's what makes a good partnership, but no. Why did they even need uh, Tim Robbins to come on? He could have just been like, well, you know what? That guy in the back doesn't do anything. I, I'll just have Goose's ghost be my co-pilot. Um, uh, that being said, the sidekicks are the, like, the I think one of the most essential parts of Top Gun. Like, comic relief, building community. Also, who would you play volleyball with? Oh, yeah. Narratively, they're indispensable. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, in terms of, yeah. if you're a radar intercept officer out there or, or have a good sense of what they do, please, please let us know so that we can correct the record. I do want to talk about the political social context of the film in a little uh, segment that we like to call How Woke Is This Film? You wouldn't know if the film was woke, but you're afraid to say woke. I want to know how woke <laughs> is this film? Well, this was 36 years ago. It, a lot has changed. A lot has changed. In contemporary mores. Well, what do you think has changed? Uh, well, so here's the thing. that You were not a 10-year-old boy when Top Gun came out, if, no. if, I, if I remember correctly. Um I remember so vividly that, like, the vision of masculinity on display in this movie was the thing. Like, the way these guys are is exactly the way you're supposed to be, right? You're supposed Kinda to be. Kind of gay. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, it, it, yeah, well, that, that, like, supreme confidence. Yeah. Uh, but, like, one thing that's interesting that I think is different from, like, more modern, like, dude movies 
these guys, there is almost no physical conflict, right? Like yeah. Iceman and Maverick are always at each other's throats. Nobody ever throws a punch. Like there's one volleyball scene, which is sort of sublimated physical conflict and or homoeroticism. You know, there's probably plenty out there on that. But there's no conflict, like actual conflict movie. And there's the, like, only not only to the, like the very end, like the third act is when they actually go and like fight some, you know, what are I supposed to be Russians? I don't think they ever actually say the enemy. So there's a little bit of actual conflict at the very end, but for most of the film, it's just like sublimated and controlled and it's tense. And there's like, they're singing the Righteous Brothers. Like, I don't think that's how, say, Dwayne Johnson shows up as a man in his movies today, but like at the time, that was the thing. I, oh, that's interesting. I mean, definitely in 1986, but I think you make a really good point about the read on masculinity at that time period in that it is incredibly controlled. Yes, it's very controlled. Very controlled, right? Like you see the scene where he's grieving, right? Where where uh, Maverick is grieving because Goose has died and his entire face is like contorted because he will not let himself cry. Yeah, if that was a modern day John Krasinski, Chris, they yeah. would be like, no, yeah, and it would be a big deal. Right, like men should be, you know, men of course should be crying, all this other stuff. Yeah, so, like, they'd be like emoting and fighting, but these guys never do any of that. No, but they're also, like they're all Navy fighter pilots, right? Like they're all part of this brotherhood, but within that there isn't the kind of conflict that you see in a rock film or in any like action movies where so much of the conflict is just external. These are like who is basically the top alpha dog, right? It's Maverick and Iceman, who are both kind of battling it out to see but who's no going to rise. A punch. No one is injured in this movie at all. One dude gets killed, and you don't even really see it. No, like you said, the volleyball scene is the closest we get to it, like as a stand-in for physical conflict slash homoeroticism. But also, there's all these like locker room scenes. Like there's yeah, a there's lot of locker room <laughs> scenes, and there's, they're always wearing tight briefs. Yeah, there's like lots of locker room scenes that are much more about like who's the viewer here, like and where the gaze of the viewer is going, and the way the bodies are displayed. Like I think I'm making you a little bit uncomfortable here. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I'm very comfortable. In fact, uh, I often stand next to my close friends wearing only my uh, boxers, and we shout at one another. I mean, maybe it's like this in locker rooms, but it really is not. It's about- not. Like, <laughs> no locker room I've ever been in. But I'm really, I'm what I'm thinking about is the gaze, right? It's the gaze of, like, who is the person pointing the camera, and what are you looking at? And you're looking at these, like, incredibly intimate moments, but they're happening between men. They're happening in this very intimate space, but it's all about being controlled. It's all about physical prowess uh, as a stand-in for basically everything else. Uh, yeah, they are they are standing <laughs> wang to wang in their underwear for multiple scenes. Yeah, and it's just like, who's going to back down first? The answer is nobody. It's so weird. Um, so my other point of this film is that I really do think that this movie ended the Cold War. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Cold War was winding down when this movie came out. I don't know that there's a causal effect there. <laughs> I think that in terms of brandishing America's reputation across the world, we owe a lot to Top Gun and Tom Cruise for making the American military out just to be 
not horrible and threatening, but just a bunch of hot dudes. Yeah, if you're a fan of American imperial military hegemony, this you owe a lot to this movie and the effect it had on the culture. I think so. I think it really is just about, like, look how well it's sold American might as something friendly yeah. and handsome and charming. They got these cool jets. They're doing, they're doing yeah. tricks. And they like each other, and they've got cool nicknames. Who wouldn't want to be like that? They're standing wang to wang and they're tidy whities <laughs> in the locker room, and they're all the best of the best. And I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> uh, by the way, the best of the best ended up being Iceman, as it should have been, because now that I think about it and like look at this He was film, much better. He was much better. <laughs> yeah. He's like He did he, the things better than Tom Cruise. The actual person that I would want flying a, a jet is like somebody responsible and able to control their emotions and not this idiot kid. But but the narrative there is like Tom Cruise was gonna win because he's truly the best of the exactly. best. But Goose died and he was sad and so he didn't finish his top card. I mean, I like Goose died because you know also okay so maverick guys, had a little to do with it you know there uh, it wasn't maverick's it, fault i know i know it wasn't his if fault if anything or... it was iceman's fault cuz he wouldn't that. no cuz he wouldn't pull away and and maverick had the shot and then he finally did pull away maverick got caught in his jet wash anyway <laughs> so what seemed a little implausible to me is like try he dies. Yeah. There's no, they don't have any kind of like funeral or ceremony. Maybe they had it off screen. Yeah, Again, the movie's just it. nodding at things. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they have a little graduation party and they don't even mention like the guy in their class of 10 who died three days ago. And then they all get deployed at the end of the graduation party. Is that how it works? I'm like, not by the way, fellas, finish your champagne. You're all going to a nameless Middle Eastern country to fight Russians. <clears throat> well, but they're not, they're actually commissioned pilots already. This is just yeah, the best just of the best. Yeah, they're development class. But that aircraft carrier must have already had some pilots on it. Wouldn't you be annoyed if you were ready to go fight the Russians and then they sent Tom Cruise and Maverick from, you know, well, airplane school Well, those other pilots were not the best of the best. No, they certainly weren't. Uh, also, they never say it's Russians. It's always the enemy. And then you see these, like, they're literally faceless. Like, they're shots of, like, the MiG pilots. Yeah. And that's a Russian jet. But I think they actually sold it to all of their, you know, sort of, they're sort of Cold War allies. So yeah. they never say who the enemy is. I think it's the 80s and you could just assume You're that it was, to the assume it's the Russians. It's but always the Russians. Could be the Iranians. You know, there's other people it could have been. All right. Let me ask you this question. Who is the movie MVP? That is a tough one. I know. Who, who do you think the most valuable player in the movie is? Who was not our subject, Mr. Tom Cruise? That's right. They, it cannot be the star of the film. And it's got to be, I, I have my very specific criteria for MVP, but... Oh, I didn't know you had criteria. I thought it was just vibes. What are your criteria? Mo well, it's just got to be somebody that I liked, basically. Those are, that's the criteria. That's criteria. <laughs> Movie MVP is somebody who has elevated the film to, like, a to a level beyond what it was before. Like, without them in it, it would not be this good. Well, it seems like there's two clear choices. There are two clear choices. I'm going to go with Val Kilmer as Iceman. The chomping of the teeth, the relentless iciness. Yeah, he's just, he's, every scene, he, he, he embiggens. <laughs> he embiggens. I think that's a really good pick. And, of course, then I'm going to have to be left with Anthony Edwards as Goose. Yeah, the only person that brings any humanity to this film at all, Anthony Edwards. I gotta say, I need to talk about Anthony Edwards a little bit because I don't think he gets enough credit. I love him. I always love him in stuff, and he's never in anything. Well, he's never in anything, but in this film, he is a perfect foil to Maverick's, like, horrible egocentrism. And you can actually see, like, one, he humanizes Maverick to a degree, right? Like, he brings him back. Yeah, Maverick's got this this friend who, yeah. yeah, you're exactly right. He humanizes Maverick, and 
but with like the amount of like screen time and he literally Anthony Edwards just has like quips right like he just has these yeah, like one liners but you know he's got a couple there's one scene where like Maverick's been you know shooting off his mouth and buzzing the tower and generally yeah. being a badass asshole and Goose comes to his room he's like listen you know I, you know, I thought we were going to be the best of the best but now I think we're going to flunk out because you keep screwing up people over why don't we just I, I don't want to fail yeah. I just I need you to like chill out a little bit yeah. and instead of like blowing up and standing nose to nose with him like he does with every other person the movie Maverick's like oh man I yeah. hear you I'm not gonna let you down buddy yeah he is a perfect foil you can actually this relationship is incredibly believable as best friends uh, like I think Anthony Edwards is great uh, he was in ER he was in ER you know, people loved him in ER Dr. Green the heart of that show what else is the guy in does he do other things maybe he just retired off his ER money I, I hope that he is living happily somewhere like coasting on ER residuals um so I want to talk about the the fake names that all the characters have. Every character has a cool code name. It's a call sign. A call sign. It's a call sign. And I I know that real fighter pilots have this. Um uh but I can't imagine that in reality everyone in your life calls you by your cool code name at all times. I think that's true. You can't even remember the no. character's name cuz they all call him Maverick. I think that I think when you're in the military and you have a call sign, I feel like at least your like bros, like your military dudes, call you yeah, your but call everyone sign. Call like you know his girlfriend calls him but Maverick. The nickname. waiter calls him Maverick. That's his nickname. No one calls him Pete Mitchell. That's but they're not nicknames, right? They're they're called like you say that when you're in the air, right? But don't you have somebody that just goes by whatever? that is because that's like that's their identity he is not really pete mitchell he is maverick, maverick. uh if you watch the credits at the end there's a long list of actual fighter pilots that yeah. did all the real stunts and it shows all their call signs and they're all goofy they're all like <laughs> bozo rabbit ears chonky chonk but the characters in the movie it's all like Iceman, maverick all right gun smoke let me ask you a question here <laughs> who had the best call sign oh. i'm gonna run through a couple for you yeah let's hear let's hear some of your faves so maverick of course Iceman. Viper. Viper, yeah. That is the call sign of Tom Skerritt. Uh, Goose. Jester. Cougar. Yeah, Goose has the only goofy one because he's the only goofy character. He's a goofy yeah. character. Cougar. That is John Stockwell. He's the guy at the beginning who flamed out. Couldn't, mm, ha- couldn't yeah. hack it. Couldn't Cougar. Hack Cougar it. can take it. Couldn't take it. He lost his confidence. You got to have that edge up in the air. That's right. That's what they say. Uh, Rick Rossovich. Slider. There's Merlin. Tim Robbins. That's kind of a dumb one. I actually, you know what I like? I like Hollywood. Some guy named. Uh, all right, Hollywood's the only fun one. The rest yeah. are all silly. Well, they're not silly, but they're, they're all like silly. aggressively masculine. Yeah, they're also yeah. There's no, there's not a peak of daylight in any of these names. God, I just like it's so funny to me. Like there's so much like testosterone like yeah. shoved into this all movie. All the call signs are like just puncher, it, like, kicker, un- face melter. Unbelievably gay. <laughs> just unbelievably gay. Oh, Wolfman. That's a good one, too. Yeah, Wolfman and Hollywood are kind of fun. Right. Those are the ones that are a little bit fun, right? The others, like, Maverick's yeah. not fun. Maverick's just like, this is what the character archetype is. We painted it on his helmet, in case you <laughs> forgot. Because, by the way, we're not dramatizing anything. But you gotta love the plane scenes. Those plane scenes are terrific, right? That's what the movie's about. You're just flying, you're yeah. watching these guys fly around. Like you said, I, there's no plot because there's no stakes here. It doesn't. No one's actually going to get shot out of the sky. They're just like target practice, basically. At the end, they kill some real dudes, and yeah. it's pretty video gamey. Like it's uh, just like you know, yeah. you see the missile go, and the guy blows up. All right, my final question: Where does this fit into the Tom Cruise canon? Well, that's a big question. Emma. It is. It is because the Tom Cruise canon is is quite extensive, and yet this is an iconic text. Is there a more iconic Tom Cruise movie than Top Gun? I don't think so. I think he's so closely associated with the persona he created in Top Gun 
and it has carried him throughout his entire career. But the Mission's Impossible, Jerry Maguire, the Color of Money guy, the pool guy, right? <laughs> I've never seen Color of Money. You never saw the Color of Money? Well, we bet we're adding that to the list. Uh, no, I think it's, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this is at the top of the canon because you cannot think of Tom Cruise without thinking of Top Gun. Yeah, and I don't think you think of Pete Mitchell, right? Oh. Like he's, he's he's like he you don't think of that character at no. all. But you I think you do think of Tom Cruise in this movie. You think of Tom Cruise, you think of Maverick and you think of a uniquely American hero that I don't like that this country still cannot shake. Like I think that's how crucial this film is. Yeah, I feel like perhaps we did our national psyche a disservice <laughs> with this film, but you can't really lay all that on, on Tom Cruise. You can lay it at the feet of the director Tony Scott. So, so uh, what are we saying? Highest uh, highest ranking possible for the canon? This is. I the, I think this is the at top? the top of the canon. I think this is at the top of the canon, and. Uh, I'm comfortable with that. I think it deserves to be at the top of the canon. Well, we're one movie into our 10 movies of this season. So I think we can revisit this and see if we think anything anything surpasses it in, in canonitude. Brian, any final thoughts? God, no, I feel like we left it all in the field. We talked about the movie Top Gun as much as anyone can talk about the movie Top Gun. <laughs> all right. I think you should go watch Top Gun if you haven't seen it. You Just Google the volleyball scene. Watch it on YouTube. <laughs> what you should also do is reply back with how many pieces of fan fiction you can find involving Maverick and Iceman. I bet it's a lot. So, uh, signing out, Brian Dollar Sign Minter and Hemel Laptop Javeri. That was Thanks. a terrible call signs. We need better. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. You can follow us on Twitter at 10movies and remember to rate and review us wherever you consume your podcasts. And we'd like to thank Underdog Networks for hosting 10movies and our producer, Tony Gill. Thanks. We'll see you next week. <laughs>